a lifetime of indoctrination. So busy fighting with each other that we never look up and realize we're getting fucked. We're the only one in the universe that has free will. We are born free and we will stay free. I look very nice. This is very, you ever watch Borat? Very nice. Very, of course I watch. You know the, the chick in Borat? She's talking Bulgarian the whole time. The daughter? Is he really speaking? Yeah, and she's talking Bulgarian. <laughs> okay. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up, guys? Welcome to Free Will. This is Tony Scardino, and today we have a very special guest because he is our first guest, Merwan Benamar. 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 No, I said it first the right time. Merwan Benamar. Special guest because of special ed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, tell them who you are and what you do. Oh, dude, so I, I do um, the languages. I speak uh, 26 languages currently. I like to make street interviews going around and interviewing people all around the world doing that. You know, a big part of that is obviously traveling. I like to travel around the world and use languages, learn languages and experience different cultures, kind of open up the world and, and all my viewers to why it's important to speak in languages and why it's an effective way to not only make your life more grand, kind of experience that grandiose of being able to immerse yourself in any culture, and uh, just be otherwise a more interesting, effective communicator and, and assimilating it to whatever culture you land in. That's like a little bit. I also work out sometimes. And when did you start doing content? I started making content like a year and a half ago, honestly. Before that, I was just learning languages for fun because I got a master's in public policy. And I love to travel and I love to like just, uh, well, going back, I'm Tunisian and Italian. So in Tunisia especially, like we speak a lot of languages growing up. Most of the time it's Tunisian Arabic. It's... Uh, you get Italian, you get Spanish, you get French. We just grow up speaking that because we were like, you know, we have a lot of immersion with other cultures. So we're, we're all just like polyglots. How many different countries have you been to? You said you speak 26 languages. How many different countries have I, you been to? I was counting on my hand the other day. I think 49. 49 countries. Yeah. What's going to be the 50th? 50th country will be the Philippines, and that's going to come in December. And you've never been to the Philippines? Never been to the Philippines. No. Wow, that's surprising. Um, it's going to be either Philippines or Argentina. Okay. I haven't really picked one yet, but one of those two. Cool. Where were you born and then where were you raised? Born, born raised? in Italy, raised in France, spent some time in Tunisia, Morocco, America, and now I just live here. Yeah. What is your ethnic background? I am Tunisian. Tunisian. You got a little bit of Italian in there, got some Maltese in there, got some Algerian in there, but I, I say I'm Tunisian because I'm proud of it. All right. I don't think it shows out like that. I'm going to go like this now. What were you saying? It's not actually like the Gavorish Bulgarski. Yet. That's Russian. Oh, uh, Mogalidu Polucha Numerati. He asked me, huh? Did it work? After this, you're going to give me her number because she found that. Yeah, he just asked me, yeah. Speak to all you guys out there from Bulgaria. Okay, so what brought you to Miami? Good question. My best friend, Eric. When it was COVID, we used to like, we were just like holed up in Virginia and we hated the weather. Like we were all working remote. I'm like, I kind of just want to go do remote work somewhere hot. Like the reason most people come to Miami, so it's just the weather. And yeah, yeah, I like the weather out here. So that's mostly why. Okay. So how do you feel about living in Miami? Like, how do you feel about Miami in general? That's a loaded question. I love that. Um, It's a lot. When I first moved here, I was like, wow, everyone's an asshole. Everyone's really into themselves and money and fashion and big boobs and big lips and you know what i mean it's like i drive a bugatti what kind of car do you have i'm like i drive a toyota um but you can find good people here you can you don't have to change for the city you know i feel like i'm still that dude that grew up where i grew up 
and I haven't changed too much. But the city does eat you alive if you're kind of weak-minded, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's very much a city where if you want to hustle, if you want to work, you'll make it big. And if you don't, you'll just become like everyone else. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no. So basically the basis of free will is I talk about how we're energy, energy beings. We're electrons, protons, neutrons, and how by being energy, energy cannot be distorted. It can only be transferred. So that means we all are connected to the same source in some way. and by realizing that we can achieve a higher purpose, a higher self. Okay, so by doing this, that means we're all connected, we're establishing oneness, and by doing that because we're energy, we operate on frequencies and vibrations. So to me, when I moved to Miami, I realized that Miami operates on a very low vibration. And like you said, I think it's because everyone kind of focuses on the physical rather than the spiritual, and we're too, you know, like you said, it's body status, where, you know, how can you get to a place by using someone, etc. So what is an example of places that you have been to different countries that you think operate on a low vibration? Where it's like a lot about like the physical rather than like we were as person. Yeah, or if you feel like if you've been somewhere and you just feel like the energy is like a different shift, like are people happy? Like, Paris. Paris. So Paris is yeah. I, no low vibration i think paris is a lot it's very similar to miami and where it's like status it's like who are you like what do you do your only value is who you are what you come from and what you can do for me as opposed to what are you like as a person what is your what is your vibe what is your energy level it's very hard to date there it's very hard to make a lot of friends there everyone's very like stuck up um yes i'm saying that paris for all you all from paris watching this i know you know it's true um that's really interesting considering it's like such a high destination place yeah why do you want to go there why do you think people want to go there it's a beautiful city it's yeah. very much it's very much a historical beautiful city the food is great um you know the reason the main attractions there are obviously travel related but i'm just saying like living there like living there is very you get caught up in, it, it's how most big cities are people don't have the time to waste to actually get to know someone on a friendly basis and make a genuine connection if they don't think they're going to gain something out of it how is their economy Paris? Yeah. Oh, pretty high. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like GDP's pretty good. Yeah, it's expensive as balls, so yeah. it's great. Yeah, no, it's a good economy. Um, I definitely think it's more just the – it's one of those – it's like with any major city, right? Like no matter where you go, you got Dubai, you got London, you got Paris, you got – I mean Barcelona is one, another one. Rome is – not Rome, not so much. Milan is more like that um, where it's like life happens so fast that you don't have time to waste. Got so it. you're constantly looking for who's going to help you get to the next step. And people will use one another in that sense. And I'm not speaking like everyone, but, everyone. but most of the, the general vibe in big cities tends to be like that from what I've seen. That's why I kind of like smaller cities. Okay, so then that leads to my next question is where have you been where it's been operating on the most high vibrations? Places where community is everything. Things like Tunisia. You know, in Tunisia, you, 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 you only work enough to eat, you know, and, and everyone's very happy with that. Everyone's very content. It's like they don't, they've never been exposed to, oh, well, I mean, certain parts of the country, sure, in Tunis, but most of the smaller communities there have only been exposed to their own lifestyles and that's all they know. They're very happy about it. What you don't like ignorance is bliss, right? You don't know what you could have unless you see it on the social media and then you're very content with whatever you have and you don't, you're not constantly hungry or greedy for more. I will say, however, being hungry and being greedy for more is very much a thing that helps people get better in life. You know, like, like, like that's, it's a, it's a characteristic you need. If you want to improve, you have to always be hungry. And I spent a lot of my time being complacent, yeah. And being okay with where I was. And I think moving to Miami got me into the whole, like, nah, I need to do better. I need to do more. And, like, I always have, like, that hunger, yeah. that drive now. And I think I've achieved a lot more being that way. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's a lot of the things I talk about is the yin and yang to everything. So you just need balance. Everything is balance. Everything has a good and a bad or, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I'll just show my nipples and be awkward. You know, look, it's brown. Who the fuck? Okay, so you kind of did touch base on this question already. But what are the commonalities and differences between the high vibration and the low vibration places that you just mentioned? So overall, it is community. It is mm. not feeling like you need more because you don't have more. Mm. Okay. It's a lot of it's complacency, a lot of it's expectations, right? If I expect if I expect to do better, I would genuinely think that I need to do better or else I will never do better. It's like it, it ties into complacency too, where it's like if I don't know what better is, I never want it. Or and that's why I think social media sometimes and I think that with the constant globalization and westernization of these third world countries, it's kind of distorting their views of what's ha- what makes you happy and what doesn't make you happy. I think that I've been to countries where they like they barely even have internet. You know, I've I've been to like the slums of Rwanda. I've been to the slums of Tanzania where they're very happy, right? But they don't even have a cell phone. You yeah. know, but they're happy with their lives. They're arguably way happier there doing that kind of lifestyle than we are here in a city like Miami where we have everything. Yeah. You know. When we talk about this, it I mean right away makes me think of the blue zones mm-hmm. where I watched one where there was like a community in Italy and they had so much trust in their communities that they were leaving their doors unlocked. Like it's there's just the keys there. Anybody can go in and go out and they're taking care of each other where they'll have community dinners. Everyone, mm-hmm. the whole entire community will come together and cook. Someone will do this. It's like a potluck style. They're dancing all night. They don't have much. They literally live in the mountains and they garden and they, you know, hunt and that's it. And right. they are considered to live. Those people live the longest up to like a hundred years old. I believe it. Plus. I 100% have you seen the blue zones on I Netflix? Have not, but I, I, you I would, Netflix, yeah, 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 but still, you would love this. You uh, would love this. Blue zones? Yeah, they're called the blue zones, and it's basically the people in the blue zones, they live 100 plus years old. So it's like they, the, basically, the documentary is they were asking the questions, why are these people living this long? Mm-hmm. And when you go to these communities, it's just love and trust and it's just community. Everyone is working together. It's how we say about Westernization. I think it's very individualistic and everyone's just separated. You know what I mean? That's great because it goes back to, have you ever taken philosophy? Who's your favorite? Yeah, I graduated with philosophy. Who's your, of course. Who's your uh, favorite philosopher? So this is, I don't know. Honestly, Immanuel Kant. Immanuel Kant. Yeah, however you want to say it. But... It's just because there's a few things of moral philosophy that I like about him, which is basically like one of the reasons why I really started studying him is because he believes that taking away some anything's life is immoral. So anything that is trying to survive, if it's a plant or a bug or a baby, if you're taking away that life, it is morally wrong because it's taking away, you know, the process of what they're trying to do, which is live. So Kant is known for having all those like, those takes, which actually make a lot of sense with nowadays how politics and stuff like that work. Yeah. My favorite philosopher is John Stuart Mill. Okay. John Stuart, because I believe in utilitarianism yeah. and, and, and the idea of free will and what benefits the most people all the time, because it's a society where I, I honestly love to do philosophy because I'm obsessed with yeah. philosophy. It's like a society where you do the most good for the most people that tends to benefit the most. But that's the thing. In a, because if you look at Hobbes, for example, right? You look at the natural state of mankind. It's like we're all, we're all, we're all, very, we're all very rational. Like it's not, it doesn't make sense for me to willingly give myself to someone else yeah. and hurt myself because we're rational human beings. You know, the state of nature is just 
I'm not going to help you unless I get a benefit out of it. That's why I truly believe altruism is not real. Okay. I don't think altruism is real. I don't think you would ever willingly give yourself or give or harm yourself otherwise if you don't somehow have yeah. some sort of benefit in there. Yeah. You I know? Mean, being, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, look, look at love. You talked about love before, yeah. right? It's like, do you, would you ever take a bullet for someone? Who would you take a bullet for? There are people I would take a bullet for, but who are they? Honestly, I would take a bullet for my parents, and I think I would take a bullet for my dog. Oh. <laughs> I really you would. You lucky bastard. Yeah. It, it's, all, it's your family. Yeah. Why? Because you gain a benefit out of them existing. They've given you things in life that you've benefited from because of their existence. And that's why when you love someone so much, you love a girl so much, they become part of your family. That's why you marry them. It's always your family. We're very family-oriented. We're tribal. That's yeah. the natural state of humans. We're like that. So when you come back to free will and the idea of utilitarianism, it's like it has to otherwise benefit you. We just simply cannot give ourselves to other people without there being some sort of Personal life gain yeah. from that. It could be as small but as big as possible, but it's what drives us. Yeah. It's hope. It's, it's the ability to otherwise better our lives, increase our chances of surviving. Okay. You know, that's because humans, what are the things we always need? Uh, what is it? Food, safety, shelter? Yeah. No, no, food, food shelter, waters. food, water, shelter. Yeah. But it's also safety. It's also like yeah. like safety plays in the shelter. What can I do to best keep myself alive? Me and my family alive. Because if I keep my family alive, they'll help me stay alive, which is why I care for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why when you think about it philosophically, yeah. it makes sense why, why, why no one really does something for a favor. No one really. And I love saying that too, because you look at societies where it's like, I need to write this why? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it may, I wrote a whole thesis about this when I was, when I was doing my master's. It was just. It doesn't make sense. And, and that's why humans often brag about, oh, I don't care. You don't got to do that for me. It's fine. But in their heads, there's, they're doing it for a reason. There's always something they benefit out of it. There's no, I promise you, you can ask anyone watching this podcast, nothing. There is nothing in the world that someone did for someone else with no personal gain to themselves. Whether it was how it made them feel, whether it, how it was made them feel morally, physically, or, or how they looked. Or how it, it seemed to ever, like when people do those, like, I'll give a hundred bucks to a homeless person because I feel good. No, you don't. You want the views. Yeah. It, it makes you, it makes you money, you know, doing that or, or otherwise if I'm during Ramadan, for example, for Muslim, you know, I'm Muslim. Yeah. So during Ramadan, we do zakat, which is you give food to people that otherwise cannot buy food. That's okay. like homeless people or family members who just can't afford food. Why do I do that? For my own enrichment and, and, and to be closer to God. Like I have a benefit from it. You know, there's always some sort of benefit you get out of doing all those things. Yeah. And I, I will give a thousand dollars to, I'll give $500, $500,000. I don't even care yeah. how much money it is. To anyone that can find me a circumstance where you do something for someone that you don't gain even the smallest benefit to yourself. I have never been convinced altruism is real. And that just goes back to, it goes back to Thomas Hobbes. State of nature is not like that. It, humans aren't meant to be like that. This does, became very philosophical. I didn't think it would. Yeah. Does Mill, does he believe in the body and soul or is he just? I don't know if that's Mill. Uh, Mill believes in free will. Uh, he believes in free will. He believes in utilitarianism. He believes in the utility of good. Um, it, it's, it's, it's utilitarianism. It's like anything wrapped so around that. I don't like know. Oh, I, I failed that class. No, I'm kidding. I, I just don't remember. I, I, I think, I think so, but I know his main thing was utilitarianism and utility Yeah. because utility is like, if I'm doing, if, if it makes 51% of society better, then yeah. I'll do it and, and piss off that 49% because technically it's the greater good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's classic, classic. Film. Yeah, exactly. Like, um. I think an example of that too is I, the what is what is made from the phones? Is it carbon? No, no, no. What's made from the phones? This I'm this phones? I'm gonna actually I want to know this. Radios? No, no, no. What are what is the metal in the phones that's made oh. in like a country and it's like destroying the country with the iPhones? 
Is it part of it? No, is it? No. No, it's, it's like an N. It's like with a... Yeah, I can't think hey, of it right now. I don't remember, but I know you're talking about. There's some sort of material that like we will go to third world countries and harvest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Moral basis of that is, well, we all need phones, so right. it's right to do. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, we all need diamonds. That's why we invaded Sierra Leone. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> then the guy knew philosophy, did you? No one knows that. I love that. No, I, had, no, I totally had a feeling that you would, though. Because, I mean, you're so diverse, so it's like, oh, why wouldn't... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I studied a lot of... I used to love Descartes. Oh, I used to love Descartes. Nietzsche, Descartes, those are my people. It's like... Like, they, like, when you think of Descartes, it's just like, it's so simple, but everyone just passes over their heads. Yeah. I think, therefore, I am. It's like, how do I even know that I'm thinking about the fact that I'm thinking about the fact that I'm a thing? Yeah. That makes that whole sentence made no sense, but it makes sense. How do I even know that I'm thinking? Because I know that I'm thinking about me thinking about it. Yeah. Like, that's how I know that I can think. Yeah. And because I can think, I must exist. Like, it's so simple. It is But so it simple. took humans thousands of years to even realize that Descartes was like any other man but he put it into writing and words and that opened up everyone's eyes it's nuts how do you think these philosophers gained credibility right now let's say i'm trying to be a philosopher myself how do you think do you think it's them just writing and people were reading it and they were like yeah this makes sense or do you think they were like it's there's no content right they can't really just post viral clips and people get their but they're famous philosophers and everyone follows them so how do you think they got that initial you know what i mean a lot of it is if you go back to ancient greece a lot of it i mean you have you you took you took class in college you ever heard of yeah. a socratic seminar yeah it's like where did that come from how did people the, the literal agora if you go to like Athens, there's a place called Nagor, which is where all of the thinkers went to go think. Okay. Why? Because no one really believed in thinking that much. Everyone conversed about yeah. daily things, but there were some people that thought grand, more grandiose things. They were like, why do I even think about this? What's a better way to put this into words that I have all these thoughts that are in my head that I want to tell people about them? So let's yeah. have meetings. Have, that's what Socrates did. Yeah. But then you bring it up too, saying like, why do people, like how do people get the credibility for that? Most of the time they didn't. Most yeah. of the time they were hated. Socrates was, yeah. mur- was, was put to death because of his thoughts. But he was one of the greatest teachers of philosophy of, uh, that mankind's ever known. And, and he was put to death. I mean, now we, we reference him about everything. Like everything he said made perfect sense. But we wanted to kill him back then because we didn't want to think about it too much. Yeah, a lot of people, they don't, when they hear something that is a little out of the box, mm-hmm. they... They get scared because yeah. they don't know. They're not comfortable with it. Yeah. And it's those people that are known. That's what I strive to be. I strive to think outside the box. Because yeah. nowadays, you know, you're not going to get... I hope I don't go to jail for thinking of a certain thing, mm-hmm. although some people do. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all about thinking outside the box and what, what are you going to get remembered for? Okay. You know, what, what thoughts do you have that you think are, are important enough that you should, you know, let the world know about and actually have fruitful discussions about? Okay. Socrates thought that, Plato and Aristotle took that from him, yeah. and, and that's what generated modern-day human critical thinking. Yeah. And that's why all these other philosophers kind of came around and started doing the same thing. Why did I get a B in my philosophy class? Bullshit, honestly. I literally should have gotten an A in my philosophy class. It's bullshit. I hate you. failed? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. I was going to dash you up. I was going to say hi. Um, okay, so you did touch base on this. My next question was, are you religious? You said you were Muslim. Do you have any room for spirituality when it comes to Define your religion? What I talk about on free will is all of these religions... Although they have different rules and laws, we are aiming for the same goal, which is a higher purpose or a higher self, a connection to a God, to source. And 
having multiple religions does separate us in a sense. And when I look at spirituality, I see spirituality able to think outside of the box on all of the religions and find a connection that we're all, you know what I mean? That we're all connected in a way. And it's just more of a different sense of thinking about your religion and thinking about what you believe. What, you know what I mean? I'm trying to like think. I see what you mean. Yeah. The way I would respond to that is you have to first think about what religion means to humans. Yeah. Again, this goes back to Hobbes. What do humans care the most about? Food, water, shelter. And then if you think about Maslow's hierarchy, it's like the pursuit of happiness, right? You want to feel, what's the word you want to feel? Actualized, self-actualized, right? It's like what drives me. A lot of times, especially if you think about how religion has come in the past, what, 2,000 years, 3,000 years, all major religions, about roughly the last 2,000 years, I think Abraham was like, First millennium? First millennium BC. So about 3,000 years. So religion has driven everything that humans have done politically, ethically, morally, Mm -hmm. statewide. You can think of any subject. Religion is at the back of it. There was a time when every single country was made based off of religious transcripts. There was a time that everything people did was for religion. Remember the Dark Ages where no one was educated? No one even knew anything. All they knew was the church. So whatever the church said, they went by. Religion has defined everything for humans for the past 2000 years. However, more recently, people are starting to think outside of the box on that. And it's not as much of an impactful drive of what you do in a daily lifestyle. This way you got places, things like, what's it called, Scientology? Yeah. They got that that comes up and it's like a complete just distancing from what modern day or rather even classical religious understanding is. And so if you think about how much religion can drive you, it's it's pretty clear that most things that go on in the world, most things that humans think about, most reasons why political clashes even happen. I mean, you can look at any major war, right? World War II, you could argue it was religion. I mean, even the Yugoslavian war, right? You're Bulgarian. You remember back in the day when Yugoslavia split, what was the reason it even started? Yeah. It was religious. The yeah. whole Albanian, you know, Serbian, the Croatian issue, it was religious. It was political, but politics driven by religion because of the differences in ethnic groups. A lot of it was okay, we have these people that are completely different. We have people that used to live here for thousands of years. We have people that didn't live here for thousands of years. We're going to make you guys one country. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. And so then eventually you have all these fights and divides and issues that come out of ultimately. Do you think it's po- out of religion but not power? It's mostly politics. Politics driven by religion. And that's, and that, we might. More power though, right? Yes, but power, what, what gives you power? What makes someone feel powerful? Well, I think now it's just authority. Authority, sure. Yeah. But it's also, it's your ability to do what you want your ability to get what you want, your ability to have those three things we mentioned before, where it's like you're self-actualized, you're able to live comfortably. You Mm -hmm. think that you want to, again, going back to the the family ties thing, it's like the people that are like you, you're more likely to take care of your own people, your own ethnic group than you are the other ethnic groups. And it's at the end of the day, power is drives a lot of people, but power is given by what you believe in. And if you believe in religion, then you can, religion can grant you power. Yeah. And then that's why you fight for religion, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. I like, see. Let's like the Crusades, right? Like yeah. people, knights felt powerful mm-hmm. when they were able to go there and reclaim the Holy Land. But then again, they were there for religious reasons, mm-hmm. which again, were politic, political reasons because the Pope, who was a political figure, even though it was a religious figure, was telling them to do it. Got so it. all of these things are tied hand in hand with one another and it always drives humans. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think religion is a really important aspect of everything you just said i think again just morality i think when we operate on religion we tend to be just better people but i guess now now i'm thinking about my definition of spirituality i want to say it's the theory of everything so 
again, going back to what I'm trying to do is establish togetherness. Do you think this can be achieved where we get to a point where two different religions, whether it's Christian and Muslim, can they look at each other and say, look, we're energy, we're clearly connected, we're human beings, and we're not separate in that sense. Like, how do we keep religion, but get rid of that separation where we're looking at each other? Because religion does, like you said, it, it causes wars. So how do we get to a point where, or do you think we can get to a point where people step outside of their, not their religion, they can still practice their religion, they can still believe it, but they can look at someone else and say, they're taking a different course, but we're both still energy. You know what I mean? Could humans do it? Yes. Will they do it? No. They never will. But they always could. But they never will. Why? Politics. Politics, money, power. We've come to the point where we care too much about those things to ever even remotely think about living in harmony in that sense. Yeah. We are too divisive because of what religion we believe in and we let it define our lives. And I don't think there will ever be a time, even though it absolutely could happen, it should happen in so a lot of parts of the world. People can yeah. put everything aside. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you take away all of the other things that you want in life. You know, because, but then again, you go back to rationalization. No one's ever going to do that. No, that's communism. Yeah. It's literally communism. And, and we see how that works. It yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, yeah, sorry, Bernie Sanders. Uh, it doesn't work. It's never worked and it never will work. Um, people care too much about money and power and status quo. And I don't think that, I, I think it's entirely, there are definitely countries in the world where you have different religious groups living together in harmony. There are. Yeah, here. here yeah. America, what? Yeah. Yes, actually, America, I think, is the best example. Yeah. There's definitely some divide, but it is the best example. It's diverse, though. You know? Right, because people... So many things. Yeah. But that's because this country is really good at taking religion and putting it in the backseat yeah. and caring more about money, caring more about power. Americans care about money. We're capitalists. So we're willing to put aside what we believe in yeah. to get money and to get power and, and to create a better life for ourselves. But it did create togetherness it did so it does different cultures religion, you know what i mean the backgrounds they're all working but together. the divide is never religious have you noticed that it's always political it is oh sorry yeah it's always political the divides here in this country are never religious it's you never see a muslim and a christian being like i hate you because no it's always because well you come from this part and you believe that yeah. these rights should exist it's always political yeah it's never religious me and you i would say i mean not me as much but we travel you travel also you moved, you know, across the country. I moved across the country. Where were you before? In Vegas. Vegas? Yeah, born and raised Vegas. God damn. <laughs> yeah, you went to school in Vegas College? No, I went to up in Reno, Nevada, you UNR. You at yeah. UL, what is it UNR. 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 Yeah. Okay, University of Nevada. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. That's, so that's where I went. I went Vegas, Reno, Miami. Wow. Yeah. You like the Vegas lifestyle? No, I hated it. Oh, and I thought... Yeah, I went from Sin City to Vice City, and I was like, shit, I think I hate Vice City a little bit more. Vice, what is Vice City? What do you call it? Because of so much, I mean, drug, oh, I mean, drug addiction, but I also see Vice City as just the addiction of, I mean, anything, sex, drugs, materialism, it's yeah. Vice City, you know? Well, I'm a virgin, I believe in it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a virgin? Yeah. Oh, wow. You, yeah. yeah right. Are you waiting till marriage? Yeah. Every guy says they're a virgin now. It's, it's like the biggest joke. joke. It's like yeah. It's, it's like, <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. Oh, okay, dude. Cool guy. But low key, guys can make that joke, but girls, girls can. can. What do you mean you're a virgin? Horrible person. Kill yourself. Oh, my bad. Yeah, if you get, if I say I'm a virgin, I'm gonna get called a slut. But she definitely sucked ten dicks today. I'll be like, yep. Yeah, how'd you know? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, 
we travel a lot, right? Or we move, we kind of, we step out and we do those things. I would say that the average American per se doesn't, doesn't like to, or doesn't feel comfortable to step out of that comfort zone to, no, 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 no. This is what I do. Cause I have like maybe a million thoughts in my head. And when I record, I like think about this, that, 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 that. And then I, yeah. Oh, okay. And so what I would say is in my experience, when I moved across the country, it was probably the most crucial self growth and self realization that's ever hit me. And I think that is the best experience that I've ever done for myself is move alone, is travel alone. Why do you think that the average American feels so stuck at either home or their home location to where they can't really step out of the box? Disregarding financial, right? So people always say, oh, I want to travel or, oh, I want to move. And they're like, oh, that's fine. I think it's one word. Ignorance. Ignorance. I think it's ignorance. I think I've never seen a country in the world that didn't care enough about, didn't care about other countries more than this country. Which is very ironic because this is the most international country if you think yeah. about it. No one's American. Native Americans. But yeah. no one's American. You yeah. ask anyone, what's your name? Prokowski. Okay, so you're Polish. No, I'm American. Born and raised last 200 years. Yeah. It's like, Prokowski is your last name. Like, you're Polish. But you don't even care about that part of it. It's ignorance, right? We think that, I mean, Americans think they're the greatest country in the world. They yeah. think it's also a massive country. You have everything you could ever want in this country. Yeah. You don't really need to leave to see the rest of the world. And a lot of them don't even know about the rest of the world. Have you ever seen trivia questions where they ask Americans, like, name a capital in Africa? They're like, oh, Japan. I'm like, yeah, okay. No, oh, yeah. No. They're like, uh, Obama and Benjamin Lincoln. And, uh, yeah, like, it's ridiculous. It's ignorance. A lot of it's ignorance. This is it's how the school system's set up. I don't think it's fear. I don't think it's fear at all. Are you going to say the Americans are afraid of planes? It's like a plane from Florida to Seattle, seven hours. I'm not afraid of planes. Yeah. No, it's not fear either. Interesting. I don't think it's fear at all. I think it's ignorance. Also, it's interesting, I mean, not to get too personal calling out my dad, but one of the reasons why my dad doesn't want to doesn't want to travel is because he says, well, where am I going to, I have my job here, where am I going to get a job when I'm, and I'm like, dude, it's the same thing here, you can get a job here, but it's like that security of no, my job is here, my life is here, I can't get up and move. America is one of the greatest countries in the world if you want to make money. I think that's a stereotype about America that is true. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the greatest countries in the world if you want to make money. Absolutely. If you want to work for it, this is the country to do it. The American dream is very much alive in that sense. Yeah. It's it's a country where a lot of countries will give you handouts. A lot of countries will give you, oh, you can do this because you're, you know, if you go to France, like, I mean, you get free everything. You go to Canada, you get free healthcare. Yeah. America, you got to work for it. You think we're moving towards that? <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I think that we are more now, ever the, more so than yeah. ever. But I also think that America does a very good job at making it possible for anyone to do what they want. It's very open. Yeah, like absolutely. you can do anything. If you want to do something, yeah, you do. You want to be a millionaire? Well. Work for it. You can probably be a millionaire. Yeah. This is the country to do it. But you can't do it by not trying. Yeah. You have to bust your ass every day. Absolutely. You know, but it's one of the only. I mean, you could bust your ass every day in Russia. You're still not gonna be a millionaire. I, yeah. Bust right every day in like any other country. You probably won't be a millionaire. In America, you could. Yeah, you don't you have can. the accessibility. No, you opportunity absolutely. here is insane. Yeah. You know? And even just networking. Yeah, everything, everything. Yeah. Look at a city like Miami. Yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah. This is the place to come. If yeah, I know. I thought it was a Tinder date. What the hell? Bullshit. You lied to me. They said she liked me. I'm going home after this. Uh, but yeah. Okay. To lead off that, a quote that I saw when I was putting together this podcast was from Albert Einstein, and he said, 
A ship is always safe at shore, but that's not what it's built for. Thoughts. Fear. There you go. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah. If it's Americans just think that they're like, like they don't want to seem dumb or they don't want to try something they've never tried before. They don't want to explore anything outside of their comfort zones. But, you know, a lot of it is just, sure, it's fear. But like I said, a lot of it's ignorance. But maybe it's ignorance playing off of fear. Yeah. You know, I just think it's they don't know. And yeah. they might be scared of it because they don't know. But ultimately, they don't know. And that's why they don't want to experience it. They don't know what's out there. They think of, you know, they don't know enough about it to want to know. I mean, why, do, why does every country hear about America? It's always in the news. We run, you know, we run yeah. the news around the world. Yeah. People always know American dream, American dream. Yeah. Like, you don't hear about French dream or Tunisian dream. What the hell is a Tunisian dream? To go have some harissa? Like, I don't know. You don't really hear about that in the news. Bulgarian dream. Bulgarian dream is to go have some, uh, what do they call it, chavapi? But yeah, that, that's the point. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a lot of it's ignorance. A lot of it's, you don't know. You're scared of it. You don't want to try because we're afraid of what we don't know. You're a little bit like, eh, when I first walked in, because you don't know me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you, you didn't know. But then yeah. you start to know someone. You're like, okay, yeah, you they're like this. You're way more comfortable. If humans, if Americans traveled more, they'd become more comfortable with it. I've met a lot of people that are afraid of traveling. Mm -hmm. They start doing it, and they freaking love it. You, you just answered my next question. Yes. The, the next question was literally, what would your advice be to someone who dreams and fantasizes about traveling, but they can't? You just, just, do, just it. do it. Grab your balls and do it. Just do it. Just do it, man. There's nothing. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, and counting. And I haven't gotten married yet. That's wild. Yeah, I don't want to talk about dating. That's depressing. Yeah, really? Do you like travel to these countries? And no, I'm not a passport, bro. I mean, sometimes. Oh, and you fall in love at each country. I fell in love with Sofia. I fell in love with Sofia Bulgaria. It's my first girl ever. Never, never forget you. I'm not gonna say your name. You know, I watch. Did you meet her there? And Sofia? No, no, I met her in France. Yeah, I met her in Paris. Yeah. Ironically, her name was very low vibrations. I know. She's so hot, but so empty. I hope you're watching this, Natalia. Yeah, that's her name. Because you did say the American dream is alive, right? Yes. Do you think one of the problems that I've noticed a lot in the past few years, especially when we talk about defund the police, mm -hmm. is Americans not traveling to understand how sometimes good this place is. You know what I mean? They talk about policing. We go to places like Mexico or et cetera, mm -hmm. Guatemala. You see the police there. It's, I mean, even Bulgaria. We'll get pulled over in Bulgaria and I'll, you can just tip off the guy five bucks. The only reason why he pulled you over is to get tipped off. You don't see that here. You, know? you get pulled over, usually there's a reason you're up the speed limit or whatever the case is. That's an opportunity. A lot of cops in America get paid better, so they do the job right. Yeah. A lot of cops in other countries, they don't get paid better, so yeah. they have to do the job like that. Did you feel that kind of sense of emptiness where they didn't know really how great America is? Does that make sense? I don't think that's why. Yes, but... Our police are, like, actually, they do care for our society. These mm -hmm. police officers, I mean, I was a criminal justice major. There were friends of mine that did four years and they didn't become police officers because they were terrified of getting that image. Mm. But they were studying because they genuinely wanted, they had that humanitarian in them. They genuinely wanted to help and protect the community. But wasn't defund the police more of a race issue as opposed to an actual work issue? Exactly. That's my point is, so like defunding the police scared a lot of criminal justice majors and scared a lot of upcoming police officers and scared even police officers in general saying, man, I don't really want to be labeled as a police officer. I think that it's one of those things where a couple bad apples ruin a batch. Yeah. There are definitely corrupt police officers. There are definitely bad yeah. ones. And, and that's always what we highlight. Yeah. Look at any issue in the world. It's the work of a few extremists that make 
a generalization about the entire group. So do I think that that movement had basis? Yes. Do I think yeah. that it happened for a reason? Yes. Do I think that there are police officers that are bad at their jobs and they're corrupt and they're messed up? Yeah, 100%. Do I think that all of them are like that? No. But would you say the percentage of corrupt police officers in Whoa. other countries Whoa. compared to here? No. Oh, other countries? Yeah. Dude, I mean... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, if you don't tip them off, it, it, it's yeah. it's nuts. Yeah. Some of the, some of these countries have horrible policing systems, and yeah. and and do I think America is one of the most upfront ones and and most modern ones? Sure. Do I think there's still inherent issues with it? Sure. Yeah. But I think it's safer. Yeah. I think that uh, uh, police officers here at least kind of carry out things that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Other countries, yeah, you mentioned Mexico, Guatemala. Police officers there is like a you can become one of those by just being able to shoot a gun. Like honestly, sorry if you're from there, but I mean this is what it is. A lot of third world countries are like that. Uh, no, I think I think American police officers typically get better educated and trained than other countries. Do I still so think there's faults with them? Yes. Yeah. Do I think that it could change? Yes. Are American police officers better at their jobs than other countries? Probably, depending on the country. Yeah, and I think I guess to add that on where we were coming from with travel is I felt that because people weren't traveling enough or weren't understanding other cultures enough there was a hatred towards America. You know what I mean? Like right now we're seeing a lot of lack of nationalism. And I think it's because they've never lived anywhere else. And they wouldn't. Yeah. You don't know how good you, you don't know how good you have it until you go somewhere else and see where you don't have it. Yeah. You know, you like, I've, there have been times where I'm sure I didn't like the police when they would pull me over for dumb parking tickets. Then I go to like Morocco and these guys are pulling me over just because I have a girl in the car with me. I'm like, damn, let me get away with that in America. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you wouldn't yeah. know until you open your eyes to other cultures and other countries and things like that. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I definitely think that traveling would make people more understanding of the current. I think it just makes you smarter, it makes you much more worldly, much more cultured. And that's the whole point of traveling, right? To understand more about the world. If you don't travel, you are restricting yourself. You are becoming ignorant. You are making it harder for you to make cognitive decisions about what you see going on around you because you just don't know enough. You have no heuristics. Exactly. You have nothing to compare it to. Exactly. So it's. Yeah. Oh, it took a while. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took like three more dates to get to the end of that one. You know, I know. It's fine. I'll wait. Politics, man. I love it. I love just knowing about every country, who you hate and who you don't hate. It's fun. Like a spy. CIA, if you're hiring. <laughs> I exist. This guy. Six travel guy. <laughs> six languages. I got you. Dude, you would be a fantastic agent. So I know, right? I'm also like pretty funny. I can make any spy fall in love with me. I'd be like, fine. Rem's goofy, silly. Anyways, she's Undercover. Like, yeah, I'd be the great. What's the most attractive language? What do you think? Uh, That's a great language. I really feel like I don't think languages are attractive. You what? No, no, no I. You don't no. think languages are attractive? You're talking to the language lord. Take it as that. I'm like I think all languages are attractive. What's the most attractive one? What's one when you hear you get a little like? Because I will speak it right after and see if it works on you, and it probably won't for the purposes of my demonstration. I mean, I don't want to be basic and say Italian because I feel like that's what everyone says. Italian and French, so I don't want to say that. Should I say... Uh, say the truth. What language gets you bricked up? Dude, fucking... What we'll gets you a lady boner? Japanese, man. Japanese? <laughs> huh? It's so sure, yabai. You like Japanese? I mean... I actually do think, and I feel like no one's going to agree with me on this, I actually do think Russian is attractive. Okay, do they? Okay. Yeah, it's very short, but it's blue. Yeah. It's blue. Yeah. How do you say it? Yeah. 
She's like, yeah. But I do think I'm biased on that too. I think my language is pretty attractive. Bulgarian? Yeah. Oh, said no one ever. Really? That's, yeah. No one's ever said, wow, Bulgarian <laughs> is so sexy. Not even Bulgarian. Okay, wait. Like, okay. What? I'm going to disagree with that because every single guy though that I've ever, when I talk Bulgarian, they're like, oh my God, that's so attractive. Tell me something about me in Bulgarian. This is not interesting. I'm very interesting. Yeah, there you go. Ah, you understand Bulgarian. Wow. Yeah. You're good. You're not interested. Girls like you more. Am I wrong? I think that's for everyone. Fuck. thought I was right with you. Everyone. Everyone. If girls act like they're not interested, the guy's chasing. Yeah, I don't know why. I think it's one of those things about like psychology. It's like you always want you can't have. So if they make themselves they make themselves less available, you want it more. Even though they can be ugly, but because they don't want you, it's the challenge. That's why when a guy finally gets with a girl, it's like, I get it. I conquered. I don't even want her no more. Right? It's like, because yeah. we care about it's a chase, which is so fucked up. Yeah. It's like, you put in three months of effort. You finally fuck her. It's like, all right, all right. Check complete. The NPC has been accomplished. It's like the That's, quest done. Dude, it's called love bombing. Fact. Girls just deal with that. <laughs> Happened once in college. I'm sorry for whoever it was. What do you say? I'm, I'm totally messing around. You ghosted someone? Oh, yeah, I did. No, you probably ghosted, ghosted someone, someone right now. Me? Are yeah, you... if you're watching this, I'm not going to respond to your DM. Stop sending me weird pictures of your left nipple. I don't like pierced nipples. Just I the like one. Just the right. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I like butts if you're interested in. Yes. Anyways, what's your next question? Okay, my last Do you want to go to the last question? What's your last question? All right. You have any left? No. Do I have any left? Do I have any left? This went from like an informal philosophical session to me just rising her up by doing that. <laughs> pretty wild. Languages, guys, learn language. Keep telling. It works. OnlyFans, click it. I definitely don't have yeah. an OnlyFans. I only like girls with OnlyFans. Think of that place. Really? Free will is against that. Love that. But. But. We have empathy. Mm-hmm. That's the question. No, oh. that's just me talking. Okay. It, it did uh, lower my my giggliness. Thank God, thank God for that. Can you handle it more? Oh, there it is. I am I really giggling. <laughs> okay. Right, any other questions for me? No. Nice. No. Any nah, last? What's my email? What's my cake? What's my Skype? Not my AOL, MSN, none of that. Oh no, I'm. You can you can promote your stuff. Oh no, that, that's that supposed is... to be a joke, like you asking for my. Oh, well, I don't really... I, listen, listen, I didn't pick it up because I don't want you to kick your Skype. Why not? I want you to have my email. Skype. She acts like I'm not from 1981. I don't know what an AOL is. Yeah, it's because you're young. I'm 48. <laughs> is that an email? It's like, it's like an old... Yeah. Back in the day, Instagram. Really? Yeah, it's like how people get communicated. I go home and I hit up my girl, my crush and be like, hey, how are you? Like an email. Yeah. Well, I'll take your MySpace. That's cool. I'll, I'll turn it back on. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Podcast. Wait, no, 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 wait. We're not oh. done, done. We got to wrap it up. Okay. All right. Ah, oh, this is the worst part. It's always the intro and the wrap up because I feel like I have to get into this. Thank you for watching Free Will. Oh, yeah, sell me a course. Yeah, were you selling me knives door to door? Jesus Christ. Thank you for watching. Buy life insurance. Buy life insurance if you're from the ship. Yeah. If you're a ship thought, I'm letting you know. So that is all for this episode. Thanks for watching and big, actually huge thank you to our first, thank you to our first guest, Rowan. Thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for having me here. Where can they find you? 
Marijuana, not the drug. Uh, M-E-R-E-W-A-N-A on all socials. All right. Please like, rate, subscribe. You can find me on all platforms at official Tony Scardino and have a beautiful rest of the week. Yeah, now we're going to go make babies. Have a good night. No. (laughs) No, all right. Leave that part in. All right. God save the queen, man.